This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Hola, bienvenidos, buongiorno, happy holidays, one and all. Welcome to an all-new special holiday edition of the Low Life Podcast. I'm your flaming hot and spicy, seasonally depressed, hot mess of a host, Lo Von Rumpf. And I'm so happy to be here with y'all today. No place I'd rather be than here with my low lifers. We're bringing in the holidays. I'm here to be a little magical Christmas elf on a shelf, just bringing you some joy and bringing you some cheer today. Full disclosure, I wasn't a magical Christmas elf earlier this week. I wasn't spreading joy and cheer. I was a depressed elf. I was an angry elf. (laughs) Mental health-wise, right out the gate, earlier this week, solid 4.5. Took a bit of a dip. Actually plummeted. I was feeling so stressed. Had a lot on my plate. And the holidays, as much as I love them, as much as I'm obsessed with Christmas, and I love everything to do with Christmas, the tree, decorating, gift wrapping, the garland, fireplace decor. I love the Christmas music, the smell, sights, and sounds. I take it all in. Just freaking embrace it. It starts for me at Thanksgiving. I want some eucalyptus leaves, some fresh cut roses, a beautiful tablescape, a delicious meal, and some stretchy pants. And as soon as I stop feasting on Thanksgiving, boom, I'm locked and loaded, ready for the holidays. And I enjoy every part that the holidays have to offer. The thing is, as I've gotten older, as much as I still do love the holidays, of course, they can be very triggering. So if you're listening to this and you are depressed or sad or feeling just shitty right now, I completely get where you are coming from and you are not alone. That's for damn sure. As I've gotten older and experienced loss and heartbreak and and losing friends and family members and just loved ones in my life, now the holiday to me, as much as I still love them, it is a bittersweet feeling because I do wish certain people were here. And, you know, some of that all just comes to the surface because you realize some of those family members or friends or, you know, relationships are no longer in your life. So it could be, again, a really tough time. And I read a quote on Instagram. I don't know who originally posted this quote, but a lot of my friends were sharing it. And I was like, oh, I love this. And the quote is, you're going to come in contact with an awful lot of people who are at their absolute breaking point this season. Friends, family, coworkers, teachers, strangers in the grocery store, retail workers. While it may be the merriest time of the year for some, it's the saddest, it's the loneliest, it's the most stressful, most heartbreaking time for so many others. We're all busy, but we're not too busy to be kind, caring, and patient. Remember, the best thing you can give someone right now is love. Oh, ain't that the damn truth? I absolutely love that. And it's so true. As much as, you know, someone could be so happy, there's another person on the other side of the aisle that's feeling like complete shit. So it's just good to be mindful of that sort of thing right now during the holidays. And I'm doing my part to, you know, just be a little extra kinder, more patient and understanding because I know people are going through it, myself included. I'm freaking grieving dookie. And some days I'm on cloud nine feeling so great. And other days I'm feeling like complete shit. <laughs> so, the waves of grief. You never know what to expect. And if you've lost anybody in your life and you're listening to this, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's very unpredictable. And yeah, you just kind of have to get through it. And one day at a time, sometimes one freaking hour at a time. And that was me earlier this week. But now I'm happy to announce to you after some meditation, a little bit of uh, self-reflection, some journaling time, and a couple hours with my therapist and a glass of wine. 
I am now at a solid 8.5 for the holiday episode of the Low Life Podcast. I'm feeling pretty good. So it's time to record. <laughs> a little rock bottom moment from last week to share with the low lifers right now. A low life confession. So I ended up going out on a date, had a good time. I didn't plan on drinking on this date. Didn't want to drink. Not because I'm an alcoholic. I don't have a problem. Um, I'm just trying to slow down on the booze life. You know, if I don't need to drink, I'm like, I'll sit this one out, you know? So I ended up going on this date and again, didn't plan on drinking, but the cocktail list looked so freaking good. It was all holiday cocktails. Ugh. There was one that was a cranberry one. They had a peppermint bark flavored martini. What? And then another hot toddy drink. Anyway, I was like, I'm not going to pass up on these delicious holiday drinks. And the guy was like, you got to try these holiday cocktails. They're incredible. I ordered water at first and he got one and I was like, oh, I want that. It looks so good. And it had a pretty little garnish on it. Anyway. Had a few cocktails, two turned into three, maybe four, and I felt completely fine during the dinner. Well, I shouldn't say dinner. Uh, It was just drinks and like an appetizer or two, but I wasn't feeling drunk and felt good. I had Ubered to the date, thankfully. So anyway, I ended up going home, had a little makeout session before I left, and it was cute. Fun little holiday date I didn't expect, but left feeling like, oh, that went really well. And I get home, and as soon as I got home, I was like, oh, shit, I'm hammered. It literally didn't hit me until like I walked into my apartment and I was like, whoa, (laughs) I got the spins. I'm feeling, feeling pretty drunk. I'm going to Hammertown right now. (sighs) And I was actually like super hungry. And I thought, you know what? I just need to eat something. I'm craving something sweet. So I grabbed a handful of these Sour Patch watermelons I have on my counter. Boom, ate those. And then an hour goes by. I'd taken a shower, applied my serums and, you know, I was trying to get cozy and comfortable, put on a good Christmas movie. And all of a sudden, I'm like, like, oh, my God, what the f*** is going on right now? I feel so out of it. I feel like I'm on planet Mars. And the first thought in my head was, oh, my God, I was roofied. I went on a date with Bill Cosby 2.0 over here putting shit in my drink. So I got a little nervous about it. And then I realized I was like, oh, shit. Those three little watermelons that I threw into my mouth like a ravenous raccoon just looking for something sweet, they were actually edibles. 10 milligrams each. So that's what, 10, 20, 30 milligrams I just consumed on top of copious amounts of alcohol. Yeah, I was definitely on another planet and the edibles literally started to kick in and I was like, okay, this isn't good. This isn't a good feeling right now. (laughs) And that's pretty much all I remember. And then I just blacked out. Yeah, blacked out, woke up in the morning, and I had little crumbs on my chest, little bits of of uh, what looked like jerky, like beef jerky on my chest. And I bought this vegan version of, of beef jerky uh, from Whole Foods. It's pretty good. I forgot the name of the brand. But anyway, I'd feasted on that in the middle of the night. Don't even remember eating that. I think I was in the middle of ordering something on Postmates and completely forgot about that order, too. And so I woke up and see all these little crumbs all over my chest and realized in that moment when I smelled the crumbs, and I was like, ooh, they smell like shit. I walked into the kitchen and realized the half a bag of vegan beef jerky that I thought I had devoured, yeah, it actually wasn't vegan beef jerky. It was full-on doggy treats. It was actually venison, freeze-dried venison, which is deer meat for a dog. I have my buddy Max's dog. I have a bunch of treats here. And I guess I was just so out of it and just so hungry, hitting an all-time low moment in my life. And I I feasted on some some deer meat. I ate Bambi's mom, and I'm not proud of it. I'm actually disgusted with myself. 
<laughs> I actually had the worst stomach ache. And that's actually what woke me up. I was like, oh, my stomach is killing me. Uh, and that was in the morning. But anyway, yeah. So so that was uh, that was my Friday night last week. Wasn't my proudest moment. And I thought, you know what? <laughs> this is a learning lesson. I'm going to go into the holidays and I'm going to just cool it on the booze and, and just be extra cautious with the edibles. So if you're listening to this and you do enjoy a nice edible, make sure you don't have them around with other candies like Sour Patch, which I have some Sour Patch. I also have some Smart Sweets laying around. So yeah, easily confused when I'm under the influence. So just yeah, be careful out there, putas. You don't want to end up eating freeze-dried deer meat like a freaking animal. Hair thinning impacts a lot of us. In fact, over half of us will experience hair thinning at some point in our lives. It's not only common, it's normal. Join over 1 million people who are doing something about it with Nutrafol. I've been recommending it to my friends and family. I take it. My mama, the queen, takes it. Queen, you love yeah. it. Oh, yeah. I recommend it to my hairstylist. I recommend it to my sister-in-law and even my niece. We range in age from like... 22 to 67. They're loving it. Yeah, they are. It's a great Mother's Day gift. Oh, I love it. It's amazing. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with less shedding. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month's subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code LOWLIFE. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and stylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com promo code lowlife. That's Nutrafol.com promo code lowlife. <sighs> Wasn't my proudest moment, but today's episode is one of my proudest moments. This is a moment that's close to my heart. Let's jump into the very special holiday edition of the Low Life Podcast. I'm so excited for today's guest. I have the queen, my mama, coming back for another episode. You guys love her, and I completely get why you guys resonate so much with her. The queen is real. She's vulnerable. She's 100% honest and just shoots things straight. And uh, yeah, she's definitely my confidant. And I wanted to have her on this specific episode because the holidays wouldn't be the holidays without the queen. She's such an integral part of every single step uh, leading up to Christmas, as is my dad. Uh, but the queen has been the matriarch of our family, and she definitely has instilled these incredible Christmas traditions. So on today's show, we're going to go over some Christmas traditions, which have definitely kept our family together like glue, really, though, for the holidays. We're also going to talk about gifts because I know a lot of people can stress out when it comes to how much to spend or what to buy their loved ones. So I have some great gift ideas that are from the heart. And I know that's cheesy when people say, like, it doesn't matter how much you spend. It just needs to be thoughtful. But it's true. It really is. The most important thing is just having a very thoughtful, sentimental gift. And you don't have to spend a lot of money to be thoughtful, sentimental, and make a very lasting impact on a special gift for Christmas. You don't got to break the bank to do it. So we have some great ideas you could hopefully take into the holidays with you. The Queen also talks about one of my favorite traditions every single year, which is the art of making tamales. So we're going to talk about that. Share our monochromatic Christmas-themed tradition with you guys today. I can't wait for you guys to listen to this episode. All right, I'm packing up all my podcast equipment. And I'm driving home to record this one with the queen. Oh, this episode is so close to my heart. I really hope it gives you a good laugh. and It puts a smile on your face. So yeah, without further ado, let's jump into today's very special episode with the queen. Hit it. I'm driving home for Christmas, yeah. Get my feet on holy ground. 
so much love, time, and effort goes into the holidays. I am amazed by the amount of effort you've put into the holidays. But wait, let me give you a formal introduction first. I want to welcome the most important guest, the highest downloaded episode, the one and only low life favorite. I'm talking about the Queen. <laughs> My goodness. Welcome, Hi, Queen. everyone. Welcome. Thank you for being here. Oh, of course. Mira. There's so much that goes into the holidays, so much prep work, time, effort. I know you've been I a little know. bit stressed. I love the holidays. Yeah. I mean, the holidays are incredible, especially here in the house with you. That's why I was like, yeah. okay, got to do an episode together. Uh, so thank you for taking the time to. You know, hang with the low lifers, hang with me and do a quick episode. Well, you're here eating all the podcast. tamales, so we may as well I've been feasting. sit down at the table and eat and talk. Oh, God, I was so embarrassed sharing that story of me feasting on okay, that Bambi's was pretty mom. Gross. I know, like a chupacabra just eating freaking raw meat. Oh, God, gross. That's <sighs> like the time your Uncle Gilbert, mm -hmm. when we were <laughs> making menudo one time, and he came. For with listeners that don't know what menudo is, it's a Mexican soup, traditional Mexican soup. It's disgusting. Beef. It's tripe. Oh, my God. Tripe, which is uh, cow stomach lining. Just nice beef tripe. Yeah, but it's actual <laughs> lining Well, of yeah, cow. but the way you make it sound, it sounds gross, it's but so it's not. Nasty. It's not gross. <laughs> I actually love menudo, but then I saw what goes in and I'm like. <gasps> no, what goes in it is very simple. It's just good. Yeah, but it's uh, cow lining, some hominy, lots of spices. And chili. Chili. Mm. It's a delicious broth. <laughs> but again, and hominy, uh, I don't mind that. That's good. It's very yeah. similar to hummus. But actual uh, tripe is disgusting to me. I mean, it could be chewy if you don't it marinate it. It looks like honeycomb. It. Yeah. And it could be really chewy if you don't cook it right. Yeah. Flesh, so, honeycomb. Picture but I'll tell that. you the secret is what I do for any of my uh, Latinas out there who are cooking menudo mm -hmm. is I cut it, you know, obviously cut it and wash it real well. And then I put onions, fresh garlic, lemon juice, put it in a bag and then put it in the fridge overnight. Oh. So, some, so it takes away the smell the next day. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. The smell. Everybody, come on, my there's, friends out there, you know the smell. <laughs> if there's even one listener out there who makes menudo from scratch, like, please let me know in Apple review. Like, you're like, I make menudo because I'm like, I'd be shocked if there's one person that's like, yeah, I'm going to do that. Thanks, I, Queen. Of course they do. I don't know. Menudo is definitely an acquired it's taste. It's in every Mexican restaurant. No, for sure. But okay, then. No, but it's making it it's just a different beast it, it can be the smell, but if you make it right no no it, it doesn't reeks. smell when i make it no it doesn't smell when you make it but the raw tripe that you get is the most rancid so i hate you remember it. when your uncle gilbert came in oh my god and he was drunk and nana was we had just finished cutting it up and we put it in the pan because we were going to wash it and gilbert walked in kind of like you um hammered hammered <laughs> so he walked in and nana and i were talking we had turned around and he got a big spoon and just Put a handful of it in his mouth raw. Oh. And then he's chewing it. Oh, my it, God. And he's like, mm, it needs longer. It's really tough. And mom's <laughs> not his face was like, what the hell Horrified. is wrong with you? We were so grossed out. Savage. Chupacabra. Yeah, that. that was pretty gross. Mm, God. Well, anyway. But you I, shouldn't eat it raw. <laughs> no. Shouldn't eat it raw. Freeze dried. But I do love a good bowl of menu, though. But the process to get it, it's like making chorizo, making any type of a sausage. You don't want to know what goes into it. But it is tasty. But, oh, God. 
Anyway, Queen, you're here to talk about some family traditions and some also some great gift ideas. You've given me some very thoughtful gifts. Um, I've given them. You've given them. I feel like our family is uh, pretty good when it comes to giving some really thoughtful, uh, sentimental gifts. It's nice. I'm more into the sentimentality than big fancy gifts. Should we touch on family traditions first? Let's touch on that first. Family traditions, new ones, old ones. I know so many people are asking. We want to know what goes in to that freaking tamale recipe. We want to know. And the thing is, I remember telling people, uh, I want to get your recipe, Queen, and I want to be able to share it. And you were always like, I'm not giving you my recipe. I thought, why are you guarding that? I also remember a time in my life when I thought, you know what, Queen? This is when I was like, didn't want to be Mexican. Yeah. <laughs> this is when so I was weird. trying to hide my culture. So weird. I know. Well, at the time, I just wanted to assimilate. So I wanted to fit in with the kids at school. Yeah, so I, I was like, Queen, could you make some magic squares or make the freaking Rice Krispie a- treats. Rice Krispie treats, which you did do. Snowman cookies. Oh, so good. Um, you are an amazing baker, too. <laughs> uh, but I wanted, I wanted that. And I thought maybe we don't have to do tamales. Maybe we could make magic squares. Capirotada is another squares. delicious. <laughs> they rice crispy squares. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I remember wanting something more whitewashed so I could fit in, uh, and that was back then. But now I've come to love, embrace, and cherish this tradition so much as making Christmas tamales. And if you're Latino out there, you know Hispanic people, it's very common to make tamales. Uh, it's popular. Always on Christmas Eve, though we make ours early, but. That's the thing, too. Most people make them on yes, Christmas always Eve. always on Christmas Eve. Oh, my God. I couldn't Eve. even imagine making them on Christmas Eve. No. So much freaking work. But we it's make like labor 85 pounds. Intensive. 85 pounds, and we're up to, like, 3 in the morning. So yeah. I don't want to do it on Christmas Eve. And it, Plus, we, we started a tradition of always having a Christmas gathering Christmas Eve. So What cracks me up about <laughs> your tamale night, the infamous <laughs> tamale night. The party. Is, yeah, you let's use that word very loosely <laughs> because people are always like, I want to go and make tamales with your family. How fun. <laughs> I want to be part of the party. I'm like, it ain't a party. It's sweat equity. Sweat equity. It's a sweatshop. <laughs> it's a total production line. The queen has its full blown hazmat gear. She's got the gloves, the hair nets, <laughs> the table. It's all covered in plastic, ready to go. Um, you are very anal about cleanliness, which I, I do love, you know, food and quality control. It's great. I get it. <laughs> but so I think the thing is, you know, uh, people always want to be part of it. I'm like, I don't think you get it. It's a lot of work. And you're there. You're there to work. You're there to be a tamale employee uh, working with the queen. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, think twice before you want to come on over. But even though it's a lot of work, even though there's a lot of time, mm-hmm. effort, money. By the way, making these tamales. Not cheap. It's not cheap, especially when no. you buy really good quality ingredients. Yeah. So we're looking at for 85 dozen, realistically, price oh. point, let's just say it. It's about over $1,000 worth of merch. Well, we make, <laughs> I mean, if you just look at the cost of ma- the cost of masa this year. Making the masa. Corn has, you know, we used to spend maybe a buck something on a pack. And this year there were almost seven bucks a pack yeah. and I buy 20 pounds of corn husk. So, you know, it's so a couple much hundred yeah. right there. It was just, read, but for corn husk, like, oh my goodness. Oh, that's the, for those of you who are not familiar with what a tamale is, a tamale has a, a corn husk. Uh, and so it's dried. And then you basically spread the masa 
Uh, well, you soak it overnight to make it pliable. Sure. And then you put your masa on it and then you put your filling. Yeah. Whatever that filling may be. And then you wrap it up mm-hmm. and then you wrap that in wax paper and then it's steamed like a dumpling. And how long do you steam mm-hmm. these tamales for? A couple hours. Yeah, two hours. And then you have a perfectly cooked. Mm-hmm. But everything has to be perfect. The ratio of, of masa to the ratio of meat or we do vegetarian options as well. Uh, so the chile rellenos. The chile relleno. We have the bean and cheese. Uh, so and then traditional pork. Some people do chicken, vegetable. We don't do that though. Yeah, chicken or beef or pork tamales are the common. Yeah. Um, I started doing the chili ones years ago, like ten years ago. Oh, there's uh, chili relleno. And my that favorite. now has become the one everybody wants. Chile relleno is uh, green Ortega chili. Mm-hmm. My mom uses fire roasted. Fire roasted that she does all homemade mm-hmm. from scratchy scratch. Grill it outside. And- grill it outside, and then the fire roasted chilies are put into the tamale. It's a mild chili. It's not that it's spicy. Mild, yeah, I make sure it's a mild chili, and then we add a, a delicious a really good cheese. white sharp cheese on it. Yeah, mm, so good. Yeah, and so oh my god, that sounds. I'm like licking my chops. Yeah. And you know what else? Surprisingly, and I know a lot of people don't hear of this one, but I I do make a bean and cheese one. Oh, the bean and cheeses. I, I make think a fresh those pot are of my beans. two favorites. Yeah, refried beans, and then we. Put that with chili and cheese, oh, wrap it into a, oh my God, that was so good. And the That's my favorite. in the morning with eggs yeah. at night, fried up, do that with beans and rice, arroz mm-hmm. con pollo with, you know, some delicious tamales. Right. Heaven. And then pork, I would say, comes in third now in our household. The, I'm not down for the pork. I know, but other people are. No, people love it. It's traditional. But yes. anyway, uh, these tamales that you've been making, Queen. You know, I looked at it like, why can't you share the recipe? And I've had so many people ask, you know, friends, coworkers, you know, Lo, could I order them from you? Could you sell them? And you were always so incredulous, like, no, I'm not going to sell my tamales. But you never wanted to sell them. And after talking to you and understanding that it's so much more than, than just making tamales, it's so much, this is a tradition we've been doing. It's been passed down in our family for generations, well over yeah. 50 years. About 80. 80 years. Oh, yeah. shit. And so we've been doing it for a long time. Many, and many before us. Many. Made these and it's been traditionally passed down in the matriarchs of our family. So these yeah. powerful Latino women, you know, that are, are part of our family have passed down this recipe. But you were talking to me about it, Queen, and it gave me a whole different perspective. And I remember you would give me tamales so that I could give, you know, like my teachers and stuff back in the day. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember one year, I left a couple dozen of them in my car. I just forgot. I was busy, whatever. Life happens. I didn't understand how important and special these tamales were because first of all, I wasn't really helping. I was just making drinks and decoration and decoration. I did decor and and just making sure everybody. No, you were decoration. (laughs) Oh, yeah, sure. I was decoration. (laughs) You were the decoration. Yeah. You didn't do anything at those times. (laughs) Yeah, I know, but. I ended up leaving them in the car. They they spoiled. They have to be refrigerated. And uh, and you were so upset. You're like, why are you doing that? These are these are gifts for people. And they're also, they cost money. They're a value. And they're so special. You just let them rot in your car. And I'm like, oh, well, Queen. You know, like, yeah. I just didn't think it was a big deal. Now, after learning how much love, time, effort, and history is behind them, they're mm-hmm. very different to me now. And now, for the first time in my life, you know, you know, I'm, I'm 32 years old and I'm like, I want to make sure these tamales, I'm carrying the tradition. Yeah. I want to pass it on to, you know, the future generations, my kids. Oh my God, I have kids one day. Mm-hmm. I probably will. Uh, but I want to carry 
carry it on. It's so special. So I want you to touch on that. But I remember I was I was about your age. No, I was about your age when it all of a sudden dawned on me, too. So I don't fault you for the years before where you were just the table decoration. Yeah. Um, Because that's how we I was growing up, too. I mean, every year at I mean, it was, you know, always the the weekend or two before Christmas. Everybody converged down to my mom's house and she'd set up the long tables and she'd be up all night cooking the pork and making the masa and the whole nine yards. But I really wasn't into it, too. I kind of just floated around. But the interesting thing about tamales, and I think other people may know what I'm talking about, is there's an there's an unwritten, unspoken hierarchy that comes to tamale making. <laughs> yeah. You just don't come to the table. Um, that just doesn't happen. You have to work your way to the table. So like you have at the head of the table, you have like at the time was my grandma. Mm-hmm. And then you had my mom always to the left of her and then all my uncles and my aunts, all kind of a production line. And if you were young, they let you be at the very end of the table kind of playing with your masa. So by the time it made its way up to the matriarchs at the front, they perfected the spread of the masa. Yeah. And they kind of let you play at the end, but you weren't just allowed to come to the table. It was, you can clean ojas or you can clean up or go buy us some food. Because you're a newbie. Yeah, you didn't you're earn young. your way. <laughs> it's, it's weird. And, and then you see the dynamics and the almost, as I was getting older, I could see even the power plays of someone getting older, maybe not as agile or getting tired faster and other people wanting to come to the table and take part. And, mm. and so it was interesting to me, but I probably was your age and I thought, oh my gosh, I think that was the first time I, I looked at my mom and grandma and thought, this is a big deal. This is, this is a lot of history that comes to the table here. When else would you have aunts, uncles? I mean, there'd be like 15 people sometimes yeah. all coming and everybody taking their dozens home with them and all of that. But I thought if something were to happen to my grandma and my mom, where, where would this go? This is going to die. The recipe dies. Yeah. And I don't know. That was the first time it really hit me, but I was in my thirties mm. and you're just a baby, you know, you're still young, but not a baby, but you were young. And I thought, wow, he wouldn't even know what I know about this tradition if I don't get my budding gear and start learning this, this family tradition. Yeah. So I think traditions are important. You know, it doesn't have to be tamales. It's whatever traditions you have. Well, I think what's special about you know. us coming to the table for tamales is uh, we have a lot of different backgrounds in our family. So we started mm-hmm. off as a Catholic family. That's mm-hmm. how most of the people were raised, uh, Catholic, Christian. But, you know, as people grew up, people married different religions. Right. And surprisingly, most of your side of the family converted to Jehovah's Witnesses yeah. who do not celebrate Christmas. No, which is why we didn't do them Christmas Eve. We would go. That's why the Christmas Eve, it stopped happening then. Right. Because we're not celebrating the no, birth we of Jesus respected. Christ, Jesus Christ. Well, we respected, you know, their faith. Right. And so that was a beautiful thing for us. I mean, yeah, they're Jehovah's Witnesses, but I mean, they still celebrated tamales. <laughs> But, Just not on Christmas. But that's a way to still bring the family together, it even if they're us. different religions. Yes. Which was nice. Yeah, it still brought us we together. We still bonded over that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think bringing the family together in that way, and you had written something, uh, which I loved in a text message. You had sent me a text. It was so beautiful, Queen. Do you mind reading it? It was so nice. I loved it. You want me to read my text message to you? Yeah, because it made me freaking emotional well, got me all in the feels it to you and i've written one to danielle oh yeah she you wrote, too she wrote one are to gonna me be and, my and one to danielle my my cousin 
Yeah, my mijas, because you two are the ones who are going to carry this on when I'm gone. I mean, I'm putting it on your shoulders I'm now. My eyes out, I no, I don't want you to pull your eyes out. But I, I want to make sure I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, you guys are now in your 30s like I was, and I need to bequeath it. I need to start laying the groundwork for the next generation to come up because something were to happen to me, then what's going to happen to you guys? I mean, you guys are going to have this tradition. Yeah. So anyway, I just wrote out because everybody always asks me for the recipe. And I and I always say, you know, it's not that I won't give my my recipe out. It's just you just can't follow a recipe for tamales because tamales has to be lived. It's it's seasoned with tradition and loss and laughter and pain and joy. It's a lot of history that comes. And when you feel that, you start really feeling that, then all of a sudden it's not a chore. It's not costly. It's not a pain in the butt to make. All of a sudden, it's something yearly that brings everyone together. And in my mind, you know, I know grandma's not here and mom's not here, but they're dancing with me on that day. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they are. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. It's tough. Being... No, but I just think that, you know, tamales, you know, all these years later, tamales is still, it brings us together. And so Unites on that us. day, you know, if I don't let go of this recipe, you don't let go of your mom or your grandma or your aunt or someone you lost. You don't let go because every time you're making them, they're right there. You could blink your eyes and remember the time when we were fighting over religion <laughs> or you blink your eyes. You remember, you know, the early mornings when it's freezing cold and we're all out there huddled with a little heater making tamales or you blink your eye and you flash back to being 30 years old and coming to the table or you blink your eyes and all of a sudden it's 10 years later and you're at the head of the table and your mom's now showing you how to make them. Your grandma is. So to me, it's really special. So when people ask for the recipe, it's like, I don't know how to give the recipe because it's, it's seasoned with so much more than just yeah. words on a paper. Just, you know, three fourths cup of this, one yeah. pinch of that. <laughs> and that's how I had to learn because grandma did everything by just by tossing and by visual and taste. So when I wanted to learn, I went to grandma and I said, grandma, I really want to learn the proper way of making these. And she said, well, you have to be here with me. You have to be part of it. So we started everything from the shopping all the way to the tamale making. So when she would do the salt, I had a python and I said, just do what comes natural. And as she would shake the salt all across her masa, mm -hmm. I would collect it with a python and then throw it into a measuring cup and say, one cup. I go, go again. Does it taste right? No, I have to add more. Wait. And she'd toss the salt again. I'd get the python and I would just follow her hand angle. Oh, so you and can then, get And then the I got a general framework of the recipe. And that's how I started getting it. And then she'd do the same with the pepper and the garlic. And when she would pour the chili, I was like, wait, 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 grandma, before you pour it, pour it into this cup. And I say, like, okay, that's six cups chili, one cup salt. I started learning the recipe and that's how you see that recipe I have. Mm -hmm. So I wrote that recipe out when I probably was in my early 30s. So it's probably 20, yeah, 20 something years old. I was like your age. Yeah, 32. Yeah. So that's when I was like, holy shit, grandma, I need to write this out. And so what I did is I, I wrote it and then I started trying it. And the first year I made it, I said, Grandma, how do these taste? She said, well, 
you put too much of this. And I said, oh, my gosh, next time. She knew right away. She knew right away. She knew by just the look of it and the she could just smell and say, oh, you put too much garlic or oh, you put too much lard. Oh, you didn't do this right. And so every year I would go back, you know, with a thing of toy because she made them with me like the first three years. Okay. And then when she was out at the desert, you know, in Coachella, I'd bring them to her. I say, Grandma, I was trying again. Taste these. And every year at Christmas. So the last couple of years, she was not feeling well. So she was now, you know, 80. So I took them to her. And then I would sit at the table and have tamales with her. Yeah. And that was our tradition of me and grandma. Always the week before Christmas, I'd bring them to her. And she would always tell me, almost, almost there, mija. Almost. <laughs> almost got like, it. Oh. But not quite. <laughs> not quite. So. Ironically, and this is why I think it's so sentimental, because the very last year I remember I made them and it just felt right. I just felt it. I, the masa felt right. The meat had a good flavor. The cornets, they, they cooked just the right amount of time, not too mushy, not too dry, all that good stuff. And I remember I took them to her and it was December 22nd. And she said, oh, my gosh, Mija, just right. Oh, I wow. said, I did. She was just like grandma's. I was so excited and we we're out in the desert and the wind was blowing. And I remember that day vividly. And then she called on the 23rd. She wasn't feeling well. We took her to the hospital and then she passed away, you know, January 3rd. Yeah, I think. But that recipe and that time, that's what's etched. But that's what wow. it took. It took me like seven years of trips to grandma to finally understand all of the intricacies of the where to cut corners, where not to cut corners, how to pick out a good chili, how not to, all that good stuff. So that's why I'm saying when people ask for the recipe, I, I'm trying to perfect it, but I'm telling you and Danielle, you guys listen, it's, it's got to be lived. Yeah. It's, it's got to come from inside because then it's not, it's not a pain in the butt to make. It becomes your connection to me, to grandma, to Nana, Absolutely. your great grandma. All of a sudden, every time you make a mijo, you're going to think of us. You're going to think, oh, my God, I remember when my mom or I remember when Nana, just like I sit here and do every time we come to the table. What do we do? We reminisce about those who came before us. Yeah. And we, even drink, though it is, and we have music. It, it, even, <laughs> even though it is a production line, mm-hmm. even though it does feel like a spot shop at times, uh, we at do times. we do reminisce about family and we do laugh and we have a good time and yeah, it's a it's a really special night. Mm-hmm. It really is. Yeah, I mean, come on, we get Lulu here and Linda, Cheta, yeah. everybody comes and we have a great time. As look at this year, as sick as poor Cheta was, she was still here. Yeah, my aunt Linda. Yeah, she was like, "No, I'm my coming." Nina. Everybody knows you have to show up if you want your tamales, sweat equity, lady. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't care who you are; you're not getting them. Yeah, no. Yeah, but when else would we all come to the table? Well, and I'm realizing, too, that when you make the males, the amount of time prep work before, yeah. it's about a, let's say about a week to mm-hmm. two week process of prepping. of prepping, getting the right products, getting the chiles and all that stuff, cleaning everything. And then that leads up to the actual day. Mm-hmm. So there's so much. Again, it's just so much more than just downloading a recipe online and starting to try and make them. And I'm glad you explained it because I'm like, wow, I got a lot to learn. I have so much yeah. to learn. And or I'm maybe excited. I would though. do it like for your listeners. Maybe I would do it more like a like a video tutorial and tell stories along the way so people understand why we do it this way or why you want to watch the Mount of Masa you put. I mean, There's it's so different in so many regions. Perfected method to get it. Yeah. Ours are Tex Mex. Oh, that's true too. So depending on where you're from in Mexico, yeah. 
you know, if you're in Zacatecas or Jalisco or wherever. Yeah, ours is or ours are Tex-Mex. And so we add some different spices to it, which makes them a little bit different. And Salvadorians, they use uh, banana leaves. Banana leaves. We use corn husk. We use corn husk. Um, you know, and we add different spices. Because we are the, the Tex-Mex. Uh, so most of our family is in Texas, Corpus right. Christi. Shout out. What's up, Selena? Brownsville. Houston. Brownsville, Houston. Yeah, we have family all over Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they are that Tex-Mex blend. So the mm-hmm. masa, with a lot of traditional Mexican tamales, uh, it will be more of a plain, simple masa. Well, they just, yeah, they'll make the masa, but the flavor they put all in their meat. And in ours, we season the masa as much as the meat. Like when you see our tamales, the color of the masa is like a bright orangey reddish it's darker, color. darker, yeah. Darker, for sure, yeah. But I would Which, take them to work and people were like, what the hell? <laughs> Why aren't these white? <laughs> I go, they're Tex-Mex. Don't judge. But they no, taste really good. They, if you, you'll like them if really you're down good. to go to Flavortown. If you like a trip to Flavortown, you will definitely enjoy these tamales. But if you're more on the bland side of life and you don't like a lot of flavor, which some people have more of that palate. And that's okay. It's just don't if you're put from so the much UK, chili. You're probably not going to like chile. You know what I'm saying? So that's <laughs> Or not it is as what much garlic. So that's the thing. Yeah. Once we maybe give it, then they just scale back on the garlic and the chili. Oh, they're so delicious. Yeah, just make it a little less, you know. I'll be working hard to try and perfect that recipe, Queen. I've you have watched to. you like a hawk this year. I'll be watching last you again. Last year, too. Last year, too. But this this year and next year, too. You know what Uncle Mike said? Hmm. You guys are, and here's Uncle Mike, who's what, 80? <laughs> he yeah. says, why didn't you just set up the recorder and record the whole thing? Oh, I know. We should have. Everything you talk about, everything you do. <laughs> I was like. Oh shit! We I should have definitely <laughs> that was <stupid>. missed opportunity. <laughs> Damn it! I thought actually, you're you're Mister Techie and I social know. media. And I was like, you know what? Why didn't he? He was like, I don't know. I was balls deep in masa and just trying to learn Stay everything. Stay afloat. With Stay us. afloat. Yeah. Another tradition I love in our family. And this is one that is, again, so special. And I know in the past, I remember sharing this family tradition with my friends, telling them that I do this. Uh, These were some of my mean girlfriends that I'm no longer friends with. And they were a little judgy about it. Every year we do a monochromatic pick a color theme. It all goes in alignment with that theme. That's the Mm -hmm. theme. That's the vibe of Christmas. And it started over a decade ago. And we've kept it going, and it's so special. It's so meaningful. And the reason why I love doing it, well, I'll let you explain, Queen, why we love doing it. We touched on it last year in the episode. I did a Christmas episode with you last year. But mm-hmm. again, just for new listeners here, you know, the reason why we pick a theme, a color, and everything matches on the tree, from the, the, the tree deco to the banisters, the fireplace, all the gift wrapping. We'll send gift wrapping out to our, our friends and family so they could match to the tree. You know, we all kind of dress in the theme too. Like Everyone's it becomes so a whole cute thing. About it. Yeah. <laughs> and it really brings our family together. It's another thing that unites mm-hmm. us. And it's become such a whole thing in itself. But what's the theme of the tree? What's the color? Everyone starts asking by the summer, hey, what's the theme this year? Oh, we start deciding on what the damn tree color is going to be, usually in July, August. Mm-hmm. That's when we start the preparation, especially now, because like shipping for COVID and stuff. And you and I bicker all the time because oh, you're so opinionated. Very opinionated. <laughs> we always have different ideas of what the theme should be, the color. <laughs> Last year, I, I won your little survey. You were though. victorious. I was victorious. So the queen will have Surprisingly, because a- you guys are so loyal to this guy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the queen- I can't believe I won. Yay. 
I, I actually loved loved last year's. It was a green. It was a green Christmas in every sense of the word. Um, a COVID family Christmas. It looked like a green bacteria. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what was so green bacteria? A germ. No, it was it was gorgeous. It was more like a, an emerald, uh, Wizard of Oz green. Yeah, not that rich forest green. It was like a bright, very poppy green. Anyway, we were between two colors. It was green. Mm-hmm. Chocolate, a chocolate mm-hmm. brown Christmas. And I think it was actually perfect because green was your brother's favorite color. Yes. And so that brings us to why we do the, the monochromatic themes. You know, our family has experienced a lot of loss. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, you know, it's been it's been a lot. It's been tough. And one thing that has kind of united us is these tree color themes. They're picked specifically to honor, pay homage, pay tribute. Uh, to someone that we've lost, a loved one. And sometimes the person hasn't been lost. We could also just do it to honor someone who's living with us. Mm -hmm. But because we've experienced so much loss, the the last several years um, have been Mm -hmm. all around someone specific in our family. So my mom's lost two brothers. So we've had different themes for them. You know, my Nana, uh, which her favorite color, which is my my favorite color too, Mm -hmm. is Purple. Loved a lavender Christmas. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, that was really pretty. Grandma loved gold. Oh, Remember we, did, we a, did the gold tree for We did a gold grandma, tree for, for grandma. Which would be your great-grandma. My great-grandma, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this year, which is really special, is we are doing a, a chocolate Christmas. Mm-hmm. And this one is going to honor little Dookie. Little Dookie. And we had 14 beautiful years with that little pug in this house. And he brought us so much love and laughter. Oh, I miss him so much. And I know, yeah. Queen, you're going through it. I had um, I have little Tucker with me, Max's mm-hmm. dog. And so he's with us for the holidays. Uh, and so I brought Tucker's bed and I had it in front of the fireplace. And the Queen walked in from running errands and saw Tucker's bed in front of the fireplace. <laughs> lost. And she, yeah, she was like, that's where Dookie's bed was. It was just too, too soon, <laughs> yeah. too much. So she's like, can you move the bed? Just not in front of the fireplace. That's where Dookie always used to, you know, love sleeping uh, in front of the fireplace, in front of the tree. Uh, so I moved the bed. Um, and for Dookie, it's not that his favorite color was brown. Uh, we, are, we were actually going to do a black tree, like a black and white Christmas. But we've already done that theme. Mm-hmm. We did a black and white Christmas, which was, oh, that was gorgeous. So I think the chocolate brown works because, well, his name is Dookie. Brown shit. <laughs> <laughs> Like when Caitlin got me the little thing. Oh yeah, when Caitlin <laughs> Caitlin bought the tombstone for our family. That was so sweet. That's that what made that. me think of the tree. Actually, it goes to Caitlin. This is Caitlin inspired she, tree. She spelled Dookie like shit. Oop. Double O K I E. Dookie, and I was like, oh, she did Dookie like he was a piece of poop. And I would call him Dookie when he would, because Dookie loved to leave us little Hershey kisses as surprises once in a while. Sometimes he would leave them in little inconspicuous places in the house once in a while as he got older. Uh, so <laughs> anyway, I'd be like, Dookie, how dare you? But it just works. It out was perfect. just too cute that she had it spelled that way. And so I kept it. It's in my memory garden. <laughs> it is. I thought it was beautiful. So precious, roses planted around it. Dookie brown like poop. You know what? Let's do the tree brown. <laughs> Let's run with that. Let's run with that, Caitlin. <laughs> mm-hmm. So this year's tree is all chocolate bronze. Um, a lot of uh, what's that copper tone? It's like copper brown. Not all copper tone is in of... suntan lotion. Copper, yeah. the tone of copper. Anyway, yeah, different types of bronzes and browns, and it's stunning. Yeah. Oh, and then we flocked it more because Dookie loved that. 
Oh, yeah. Dookie loved a flocked Christmas tree. Mm -hmm. He would always hide under the Christmas tree. Uh, So this year, it's an extra heavy flock, which is that fake snow you can get on your tree. We do a live tree every year. We go and Mm -hmm. pick it out. But the whole process of, of getting a tree and decorating it together, it has really brought us together. Uh, because we all get excited about it. Oh, yeah. You know, I remember asking you, Queen, why don't we just get a fake tree? Mm. Which I love. A fake, I do. I have that a would be one. much easier. Cheaper, too, honestly, mm-hmm. in the grand scheme of things. Uh, but there's something special about going to the tree farm and picking out a fresh one. And we all yeah. have our opinions on which one to get. And it it just has become a, a really sweet tradition that starts literally in like July or August. Yeah, it's really sweet. Yeah. So I've I've just come to love it. And so this year's tree, again, we're paying homage to our beloved little Dookie. And I have to say this, this might be my all time favorite. Purple is number one, but this is a definite close Mm -hmm. number one. The bronze. Yeah, this is this is pretty. I liked the the red, the red, the blue was real pretty oh the blue was stunning a blue christmas that was for my grandpa on my dad's side yeah. uh, who passed away so that one we did a blue christmas royal blue and we had all these little uh, nautical touches to it because mm-hmm. he lived in dana point yes uh, you know right there on the beach and so he loved the ocean so my mom did all these starfish and oh, that one was stunning yeah, that one too. Was pretty you know so yeah i mean the the tree yeah i know people ask and they they think over the top, but no, it's it's just a tradition. It's something that, you know, I think when, when Nana died, it helped the healing process. It took our attention off because, you know, my mom passed away in November. Yep. And then Christmas was right around the corner. Literally two weeks later was Thanksgiving. We've and had then, two big, actually three big deaths around the yeah. holidays. And so the tree was really more healing. It's, you know, Christmas already is kind of spiritual and very religious to some people, and it's very spiritual too. But to me, it was just healing. It was something to take my mind off the pain and to put it into something. And so I remember vividly when my grandma, your great grandma died, um, that one hit me to the core. I was so incredibly close to her. But I remember just we bought a tree like we usually do. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to do this gold. And everything about it reminded me of my grandma. And it just became a nice, wonderful distraction. Yeah. And then everybody to help got you in, through grieving. Yeah. And everybody got grieving trees, if you will. <laughs> they are. They really are. So for me, it just, I don't know, it was distraction. It put my time and energy into it. And, and every time I saw it, I thought of my grandma because there were so many symbolic things in there. That reminded me of grandma. So it became the grandma tree. And then one year I did the family tree, you know, with the put. Remember, I bought those little frames with pictures of everybody. Oh, that and was cool. That was kind of. But every time I thought about it, I just remembered of what I still have, you know, and then sadly, you know, my mom died. And when she died, remember, it was again the holiday right before the holidays. And we bought a tree and you were so grieving so hard. Remember, I said, Mijo, take the lead. Let's. If purple is our color, let's do every shade of purple we could find. And that's when monochromatic came in. Yeah. Rather than distracting, I go, if that was your favorite color, every, let's go put the attention to every type of purple and make it gel and put it on this tree and think of Nana. I and that's say, where you even, put your energy. Even with uh, the funeral that we had for her. Oh, my purple. God. It was it, <laughs> it was stunning. 
Yeah. Which is a weird thing to say about a funeral, but I'm like, that was a gorgeous funeral. (laughs) So, uh, so much of our time and effort and love went into making that Mm -hmm. just a, I remember people left the funeral and I'd never heard this before. People were like, wow, that was like a great show. Like it was like going like Cirque du Soleil. But grandma, but your Nana was a great show. Oh, she was. My mother was theatrical. That's probably, I love having this low life podcast. It is something that's helped me so much in my life, you know, and the fact I have a connection with so many incredible listeners. Uh, But one regret I have is the fact that Nana's not alive because you guys, you're listening to this right now. You would have been obsessed with her. You guys would have loved her. She's so funny and so sweet and just what a character. Hilarious. Yeah. The Mexican Dolly Parton, if you will. (laughs) Yeah. That's where you get your zany would be from your Nana. But anything to do with, I, I guess, a lot of humor. Uh, and for sure, skincare, 100% her. Uh, fashion, there's not mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Not me. <laughs> no. I mean, you love, well, yeah, you're not really into clothes. No, not really. Yeah. Nana was like a living brat. I was doll. always the tomboy more. Yeah. Well, you love mm-hmm. like a, a power suit, a nice like sweater. Yeah, I was always more the conservative dresser. Definitely didn't she, want to show. She arrived before. <laughs> yeah. I was camouflaging the boobs. Mm-hmm. But Nana liked to showcase them. Nana had implants. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> she like to showcase what she got, bought and paid for. So I get she it. She was proud of that. So oh, and so they were proud. beautiful. <laughs> They're perfect. Yeah, she was beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember we were we were walking in Costco one time. I was walking next to her, and hers are perky up here. And I looked. I remember putting mine like on the cart like, to kind of <laughs> compete with her. I was like, hers are way up there, man. I better up my game. <laughs> <laughs> I remember we were in Hawaii. And we were out swimming (laughs) and she was terrified of the water. And so holding on to me. Oh, my God. And so we were snorkeling out in the ocean. (laughs) And so my Nana runs out there and she was wearing like this black bathing suit. My mom's out there. My mom had her suit completely secured and fastened. Wetsuit. (laughs) Basically a wetsuit. She just my mom did not want to show any clavage. <laughs> Nana had on like a French cut, low so plunging cute. neckline uh, bathing suit. Anyway, she goes in the water and it was a little choppy waters. She starts panicking and she's just on her little. Uh, she you, couldn't swim. So she, she was grasping on to me so hard. She only trusted me. She so did. She is almost drowning me trying to stay afloat. <laughs> Her little, her, her boobies pops right out. But she was on, uh, but well, not not the inner tubes. It was um, what little do you call boogie board, boogie like. boards. But they had a special little thing cut out of the middle of the boogie board, uh, that was plastic, so you could see look down. through and see down, so you could see sea turtles or dolphins or whatever was in the ocean. So she's on this little boogie board and she's <laughs> trying to balance her her breasts. On this, yeah, she was half on it, half on, half off, and I'm below snorkeling. <laughs> and all I see is my nana, both of her boobs just fly out, <laughs> and she's just out there with her boobs floating. Of course, these boobs, you know, she wasn't sinking, <laughs> no, those were keeping her afloat. And they're on this boogie board, and I look down, I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> you're looking up the big old, and like. Well, we were in the ocean with, it was a whole group exercise with people we didn't know, a bunch of tourists. We went out. It was something through the hotel. So anyway, everybody got uh, the money shot. And uh, it was a <laughs> Do you lot. remember how your dad was swimming by? And he just casually reaches over, tucks them in and keeps going. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> My dad. <laughs> dad went and tucked her boobs back in. Because she was so panicked because she was holding on for dear life and oh, holding on God. to me. And he, he swims by and notices and 
quickly lifts, lifts, and keeps going like, within <laughs> seconds. Uh, like it's Tuesday. Oh, <laughs> uh, we're God. so used to that happening. <laughs> oh, God, I know. Oh, I miss her so much. But uh, but the the thing I'm saying is that for a tree, and and I know grief is is just so consuming. It just it's unbearable at times. But for me, I found something to put my grief into. Yeah. It was an act of service of somehow. Absolutely. And so the tree started becoming just symbolic of just a part of my grief process. Yeah. And whether it was Nana or Gilly or Gary or, you know, your grandfather or any you know, people that I've lost that were so close to me every year, I look at it and like right now you were grieving Dookie so hard, but we've been so consumed. Everybody, you know, Lulu and Everybody gets involved with the tree and everyone kind of grieves Dookie too, but they're all here involved and, and it kind of brings us back together. So I have found that during the holiday season, when there's grief or you're really feeling down, down, find something that you can pour that into, whether it's writing or, you know, something like this, that's obviously more artistic, baking, cooking, you know, it's something that's it's just therapeutic. You, it's very therapeutic. So. Well, when, I love to decorate. I love a good yeah. floral arrangement. I love, you know, making the house look super festive and, and ready for the holidays. Right. Uh, and this year, Queen, I have to say, it was a bold move because I was like, I felt a little bit of the pressure because you had ordered so much stuff. and <laughs> But there was a lot that was coming in. But the Queen said, usually it's a definitely a 50-50, but you are leading mm -hmm. the tree. Queen knows where she wants everything, you know, and she's delegating the work. Uh, but this year, you know, she was still part of it, but she was like, you know, Mio, I have so much on my plate. My dad just broke his shoulder, shattered his shoulder. Mm -hmm. uh, we have family coming in. We have home renovations. There was just so many moving parts, work stuff. You were helping me with some of my work stuff <sighs> that you were like, when it comes to decorating, I need you to be the queen. Channel the inner spirit of the queen, <laughs> which I did. And, and you said, and, and I need you to, I need you to really nail this one. And I think mm -hmm. I did. Yeah, <laughs> so I love it. It's beautiful. I was out there spray painting ornaments and getting everything ready. And oh, there's so much that went into it. But uh, and we're still hey. pulling it together up until the final Christmas Eve. We'll mm -hmm. still be decorating. Yeah. Um, but it's all coming together really nice. I think all the moms out there will know you're always letting go. Yeah. Letting go, letting go. So I letting go of this little part <laughs> this yeah. year because I thought, you know what? Step up, mijo. Go ahead. Go Step for it. Step up, mijo. Yeah. Step up. <laughs> Go ahead. Do your thing, <sighs> my love. <laughs> yeah. And I had fun doing it for sure. You know, I'm going to sit here and cut up all this chili. <laughs> yeah. And make 85 pounds make of 85 tamales. pounds of tamales to give away. Oh, my goodness. God, I'm obsessed with our family traditions. Tamales, doing the tree. We also hide the pickle in the tree, oh, uh, yeah. which is, I don't know why we do that. It's just, it's a German tradition. For dad. My dad <laughs> likes to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And whoever finds the pickle gets an extra gift. Mm -hmm. That's really cute. Uh, but I actually opened it up to the lowlifers and I asked for them to share their traditions, mm -hmm. uh, some of their new old traditions, anything that they do in their families. So I want to share some of them on the podcast right now. Let me share some traditions, Queen, that I got in from the lowlifers. This is part of the lowlife Facebook group. If you're not a part of it, join the party. It's a good time. Join the Hot Mess Express. Join the lowlife Facebook group. Okay, here we go. So one of the traditions comes from Sarah Cunningham Zimmer. This is a lowlifer and she wrote, Rather than having the adults in our family buy each other gifts, 
Me and my siblings, there are seven of us. That's a big family. Plus our spouses adopt a family or two for Christmas. Every year, me and my sister spend a full day shopping and then get a couple hotel rooms nearby and go back to the hotel. We drink wine, eat snacks, and wrap all of their gifts. The day usually starts around 10 a.m. and we finish wrapping around 1 a.m. the next morning. We've been doing this for over 20 years and it's such a fun family tradition that we all look forward to each year. It's a really long day, but it's something to look forward to. I love that. Adopting yeah, a family. Nice. That's yeah. so cool. I love that. Yeah. So that's one tradition I heard that I was like, ooh, I want to do that. Um, Sandy Bowers, Low Life for Rights. We do the Jewish tradition of Chinese food on Christmas Day. <laughs> so do we. <laughs> I love Chinese food on Christmas Day. So good. Oh, this is a really cute one from Alyssa Schifano. Oh, I love the name. Alyssa Schifano writes, Every year, my parents get a ridiculous amount of scratch lottery tickets for the family to put in our stockings. And after we open all of our presents and eat breakfast, we scratch them all and divide up the winnings between the four of us. Yeah, that's a real cool one. It's random, but super fun. I like that. I feel like our family, it would break our family apart. Because if I won. You wouldn't want to share. No chance. You would run. You might tell out of here. You ain't my family anymore. Exactly. (laughs) Faulty memory. All right, I have another tradition. This is from Tara Ann Ferrara. Tara Ann Ferrara writes, Italian family here, Italiano. Our holidays are mostly food-focused. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I'm all about that mm-hmm. family. I love a food-focused family. And Italian. Yeah, you Italians. Know it's this is going to be good. We have seafood feasts for Christmas Eve. Kate, you're not about that oh, no. queen. My, the queen hates seafood. Lost me. <laughs> we make cheesy souffle for breakfast morning. Ooh, lasagna for Christmas dinner. Ooh. And Italian rainbow cookies. Rum balls and red wine. Wow. Oh, shit. Sounds so good. We hang out at home. Big, loud Italian family. We play together outside in the snow. It's a white Christmas. We watch movies right by the fireplace each night. This has been what my family has done since my dad was a kid. Wow. Oh, I love a food-focused Christmas involving wine and rum balls. That sounds amazing. Cool. Those are all traditions. Everybody has some type of tradition. It could be even I sleep in every Christmas. All right, another tradition from Rhonda Garner-Cheek. Rhonda Garner-Cheek writes, My kids still ask for some of the things we did years ago. Like today, I got a text from my 30-year-old daughter asking for me to make a pesto cheese ball that I've always made in the shape of a Christmas tree. We have a cloth advent calendar since they were kids. And now as adults, they still fight to see who is here to do it. Lots of cookies and treats. Uh, We always make them. And most importantly, keeping the same decorations for generations. I have my great grandmother's ornaments on my tree. They're almost 100 years old. Wow. Wow. That's That's insane. Oh, my God. If one broke, it's like (gasps) heartbreaking. It's like losing a part of your grandmother. There's such special ornaments. broke my. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Vase thing. Oh, Oh, you were devastated. Yeah. Oh, that's such a special thing. That's what I'm saying. You know, traditions. So many people it's all but at the core of any tradition i think is something to look forward to something that brings everybody together and it's meaningful and it sounds to be pretty sentimental too yeah that's what i think and it could be anything it doesn't have to be something like tamales which brings us into the perfect segue Mm -hmm. so i want to talk about gifts Mm want to end it on that note talking about presents Mm -hmm. and i know what the holidays people feel pressure like they got to spend money they got whatever you're getting for me i need to match the value you know, if someone is spending a hundred bucks, then you got to spend a hundred bucks on them. Or, oh, or if, you know to... what? If you're really tight on funds and you're stressed out because you feel like you need to get gifts or you don't want to be the one who shows up without gifts, 
or people right. get you gifts, but you can't afford gifts this year. Yeah, which I'm yeah. sure a lot of people are in that yeah, boat right now. You know, like even me right now this year, you know, I have money to spend on gifts, but I'm keeping it pretty tight considering mm-hmm. I just pissed away my whole savings <laughs> during pandemic. the pandemic. Yeah. yeah, you know, I kept myself in business and I was able to pay right. people on my team, but I also don't have my little tsunami plan, my nest egg. So I'm still going to do gifts this year, but I'm not going ham like I usually do. Yeah, just do thoughtful. Yeah, for sure. And then any extra money that I do have um, that I have from the podcast and some gift cards and stuff, literally buying gifts for the low lifers. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sending them yeah, gifts. Yeah, you have a good group. Oh, low lifers. the best listeners. So I'm like, I swear hey, I would not come on this show except you have. The best. Honestly, the best, yes. Creme de la creme. You really, I'm not just listeners. saying that. I'm, I'm saying that with sincerity. No, the kindest Yeah, people, I read your comments and stuff. I'm like, wow, Mijo, you have some really thoughtful, nice people that send you some, you know, good messages and heartfelt and their own stories. and Very vulnerable. Yeah, it's very familial feeling. So I'll be sending you guys gifts. And I have yeah. like gifts from the sponsors that have come in. I have gift cards. You know, I yeah, get you have stuff, a whole box right here. I have stuff that's been sent to me from PR companies that I'm mm-hmm. like, this is amazing. And I'm giving it away to yes, my life or so. But when it comes to some people in my family and close friends and stuff, I've been going the very thoughtful route. And you've given me thoughtful gifts and, and vice versa, mm-hmm. Queen. And I think over the years, you know, again, you know, you get seasoned with time and, and you start to come up with creative ideas. So one creative gift, and this is design on a dime. If you want to do a thoughtful mm. gift for someone, this is something that I did that seemed to be a big hit. And if you're in a relationship with someone, dating, you know, married, whatever, this could be something cute. Um, I've also done it for you before, Queen, is I made gift cards. Uh, mm. So I do gift cards. You could actually buy them pre-made. At, like yeah. Paper Source is a company that has them. Uh, but I got these gift cards and I did them, you know, when I was in a relationship, I would say like, you get to pick the movie you know, on Friday, you know, you get to pick the dinner at restaurant. This is a gift card for a, you know, 30 minute massage. Here's another gift card for me doing, you know, the chores in the house. I did that for you when you're, I'm going to mm-hmm. take out the trash every day for the month of February or something like that. You're going to wash my car every Sunday, wash your car, take it to get washed every Sunday. Uh, so those are fun little gifts mm-hmm. that you could do that you don't necessarily need to spend money on, but it's more like acts of service. Mm-hmm. And so I think when it comes to giving gifts, you know, there's the five love languages. You have acts of service, gifts, words of affirmation, quality time, and physical touch. So I feel like you can kind of gear your gifts, these sentimental, thoughtful, not high price tag items based on someone's love language. So I know with dad, you did something really cute. Uh, my dad's top love language is quality time. So my mom ended up getting him concert tickets the gift of experience the gift of experience Mm -hmm. you got them concert tickets and the show was like five months you know after Mm -hmm. christmas uh but you had already gotten the tickets for it which was really cute was it phil collins i think it was yeah phil collins something like that yeah he loves him so you did that gypsy kings you did another year yeah concert tickets are great i have a good one remember when your aunt lulu when your aunt lulu made a custom board game because your dad loves board games and she did oh, a custom yeah. board game with his pictures that was and different cute. phrases he says. And we had to do it and move around like Monopoly. Yeah, she it was basically a, like a family version of Monopoly. Yeah, insulting. <laughs> and it was yeah. funny as hell. All these inside jokes. And I mean, the amount of time she put into making oh that my custom. God. She does it so thoughtful every year. Game board. But it was It's not only so a game funny. board, but it's the way she gift wraps. Just custom for everybody. Yeah. 
Yeah, she always does that. That was very thoughtful. Yeah. Also, another great idea. And that's actually a real clever one, making a custom game for someone. <laughs> yeah, love that. Yeah. Oh, remember when uh, Jeremy, um, he does photography. So he took 12 photos that he thought everybody would like and did a calendar for each month. Oh, so that's he right. Took it over yeah, to he's an amazing photographer. Yeah. So he did a calendar with 12 photo family photos, different mm-hmm. types of sunsets and things that we could put in our offices or homes. That was cool. That was really cool. Love that. And that was super affordable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One thing I did for you, and this was for your birthday, which mm-hmm. you ended up loving this. Uh, so crazy coincidence, but my mom, who is super close with her grandma, just like I'm close with my Nana, um, but they share the same birthday, which is really sweet. Uh, so it's a very uh, bittersweet birthday yeah. every year because I know you miss her so much. Mm-hmm. So this year uh, I ended up getting a beautiful picture of your grandma, my great grandma, and I had it professionally framed. I picked out a beautiful mat. I did this yeah, it's very pretty. really pretty like blush rose quartz mat mm-hmm. in a bold white frame and had it professionally framed. I, I had a coupon for Michael's. It was right. 60 bucks, um, but it ended mm-hmm. up looking really nice. And, and you loved it went right up in your office and it was such a special sentimental gift. And, but it's one thing to give a picture, but it's another thing to actually have it professionally matted. You can do it yourself, by the way, they sell everything online. Um, if you want to, you know, mat your own photo and do Mm -hmm. it, but, but you loved it and it's up now and and it's something that you'll have, you know, forever. Right. Yeah. That was really pretty. I think, you know, when you, especially well, for me, as I'm gotten older, the gifts, it's, you know, the one gift we can't give is, or you lose out is time. You know, that's yeah. the one thing you can't buy. But at a gift, when you give someone your time, you know, I'm going to spend time at a movie or a concert or. So I think any gift like that, that's just thoughtful. You know, I loved when you um, did that Spotify playlist for me oh, of all right. my greatest hits, things that I love or, you know, remember you did all the different types of um, genres. I'm for actually me. doing that for a friend this year, my friend Janelle. So I loved it. For the Queen, I ended up making this custom Spotify playlist with all songs that the Queen loves that get her in the best mood. Mm-hmm. And so I put those together and then I I wrote each song down in the card. So she had that. Uh, and of course, then, you know, it, I, I got the idea because I love burnt CDs back in the day. Yeah. And I used to get burnt CDs from, you know, friends or anyone that I loved. And so I was like, oh, what could I do? I can't do a burnt CD. Do people even use CDs anymore? So... <laughs> I do. <laughs> Maybe my dad does. Um, but I ended up making this custom Spotify playlist. Yeah, I loved Queen it. Queen has used the hell out of it. Loved it. took it. time. Uh, and then I wrote out each, you know, song and made it all cute in a card. And mm-hmm. I did that. And I also gifted her with some uh, air buds, which was. Yeah, that was really cool. Is that what they're called? Air buds, right? Mm-hmm. For the ear. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so you got that, uh, which that was a higher price point item. Mm-hmm. But the Spotify playlist could have stand alone. That could have alone because I wanted that so bad. But I just never. I don't know, I never had the time to do that. This year, but I'm, that someone would spend the time to do that was really thoughtful. I thought that was really sweet. And then to, you know, but you got to like, you know, write all the songs out. You could write meaning behind each song, something like that. So that mm-hmm. there's something tangible that you could actually give them as a gift. Right. I think that makes it even more right. special. Or when um, your godfather wrote you that pretty poem. Oh, beautiful poem. Just a beautiful poem card. about turning into your man, you know, being such a turning wonderful man. A man. <laughs> no. <laughs> Just wondering, loving the the person you've become. That was very sweet. Watching you from a child turn into a man. It was, I thought that was a beautiful poem. Anything involving uh, a poem, pictures, anything framed, uh, mm-hmm. sentimental songs, also baking stuff for people. Yeah. What an act of love that is. Yeah. 
Like I'm going to cook you dinner. Here's a gift mm-hmm. certificate that I'm going to make you dinner or, mm-hmm. or I'm going to take you out to dinner somewhere, you know? Right. I think that's really special too. Yeah. I don't know. I just think over the years we've just, we've gotten past the fancy gifts and gone more towards the thoughtful, just a gesture even, if I you was will. reading this one study and it was saying that uh, when they, they surveyed, you know, 500 people, mm-hmm. uh, it was just hands down overwhelming the amount of people who they received, you know, like very expensive, like luxury gifts, like a designer handbag and stuff like that, which I remember buying you lots of those mm-hmm. back in the day. Back in the day. Oh, I was all about like a designer bag for the queen mm-hmm. or fancy stuff. And, and I know that stuff's sweet, but uh, when they surveyed all these people, hands down, number one was a sentimental, meaningful, thoughtful yes. gift that made the most impact. That was the most memorable. Uh, it meant the most to them and it touched the heart. And yeah. I think that's what the ultimate goal of a gift is. It doesn't matter how much it costs. Right. If it touches the heart, if it makes right. someone feel seen, it makes someone feel appreciated and heard. Seen and heard. Yeah. Then then why not give that to them? That's a winning gift right there. Like I think this year I'm, um, I have two really pretty rings that are very sentimental. But I was thinking of giving those like, you know, I can't tell you. Can I have one? No. (laughs) Like your own jewelry? Yeah. It's like one or two pieces that, well, one piece was, yeah, it's been in the family. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to give this one out, you know, share it a little bit. Yes. I want it. (laughs) No, you can't have it. Did it it belong to Nana? No, it didn't belong to Nana. Then you could give it away. If it's One of them did. (gasps) No, Queen. (laughs) Don't you dare. Don't you dare. But I think sometimes even giving something sentimental like that, you Uh, know, this is passing down a family heirloom. Yeah. Passing down something and writing why, you know, I did that with your, your cousin. Oh, she she loved that. She loved it. But you know, that's what I'm thinking when you, when you've gone through, well, unfortunately, when you've gone through so much loss, you find meaning in so many ways that the most insignificant things could have the most meaning. Very significant later on. So I don't know. I think the holidays for me is just a time of reflection. And and even though, yeah, I'm sad there's people not here anymore. There's so much joy around because as long as I'm here and I'm beating their heartbeats too. And that's what I think we should focus on is, you know, they don't die if I'm here in my heart and they're safely tucked in there and we're going and doing traditions and we're giving, you know, sentimental gifts. We're keeping the spirits alive Mm. of all of those you know, the beautiful stars in the sky, <laughs> you know, they're all there. And so we're not alone. We're, we're here and we're celebrating and surrounding a lot of love. Mm, you know, we I have a fun family. The perfect place to leave it, Queen. Yeah. <laughs> that's the perfect place to leave the episode for the holidays. Yeah. On that note. I love I think that. It's a beautiful day. Let's just take a deep breath and let's just roll with it. Yeah. And enjoy the moment. Enjoy the moment. <sighs> enjoy yeah. the moment because the one thing I've learned is is time. You can't get back time. So I don't want to waste today. I can't, you know, I may not be feeling good, but I'm going to get up. I'm going to go shop. I'm going to embrace the day because I have time today. Mm. And I always, you know, my friends who have lost people, I always say they're not gone. If they're safely tucked, every time your heart beats, they're right there with you. Just keep going. And sometimes you cry, but sometimes you have to cry to clear the view. Mm. And that's okay. Cry and then move on. Let's move on. Let's get, let's get rolling, mijo. It's a wonderful day. It's our holiday. <laughs> we have a dookie chocolate tree. Yeah, a little shit tree. <laughs> we have a little shit tree together. Yeah. 
kind of cool. There's nothing little but about that monstrous tree. Yeah, it's a big shit it's tree. Twelve <laughs> it's a footer. Big shit tree, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope you guys have a beautiful Christmas, a wonderful holiday, whatever you are celebrating. Yeah. Uh, and and I hope you are able to enjoy the holiday and just take a moment to enjoy take it, it all and, in and celebrate you and celebrate celebrate you, you because you're pretty damn awesome. Hmm. Yeah. All right, Queen. Thank you for being here. I love you so much. Oh, I love you too, Mijo. I'm I'm glad I'm here and I'm glad we're here together. Mm, me too. <laughs> All right. Cheers. Cheers to that. Think. All right. <laughs> we'll see you next time right. here at the Low Life. Thank you for listening to today's very special holiday edition of the Low Life Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. I just got to take a moment, take a beat and say gracias. Thank you from the bottom of my spicy heart to my low lifers. I appreciate you so freaking much. My kings and queens, you've helped me build this little community out, this little engine that could. This podcast, the low life shit show, wouldn't be able to happen if it weren't for you, the listener. You know, there are hundreds of thousands of podcasts that literally launch into the world every single day. So you taking the time to listen to this podcast and share it with your friends, you know, recommend it to your loved ones and, and support it. It means everything. I am so grateful and I will never take you for granted as a listener. And I want to show my gratitude. I want to show my thanks to you, especially right now during the holidays. So I'll be opening up the low life gifting suite. We got some treats, some free shit. I'll be sending your way. I'll be picking listeners at random in the Apple review section of Apple podcasts. The thing is, when it comes to doing a podcast, I'm learning how it all works. And we're an up and coming little startup podcast over here, um, but we're able to produce free shows for you and keep putting out content because of you taking the time to leave a review on Apple Podcast. So thank you for doing that because it really does make a big difference. It helps. If you love a podcast, like that's the best way to show your support is by using the sponsor codes, supporting those sponsors, and also leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. So, you know, many of my listeners will, will leave multiple reviews. And I'm so appreciative of you taking the time to do that. So again, gracias for doing that. I appreciate you so much. And, and it doesn't go unnoticed. I read every single comment uh, or every single review on Apple Review. And uh, I'll be picking people at random. So make sure you leave your IG handle uh, in the actual review because then I could you know, potentially be sliding into your DMs and sending some free goodies your way. Some hyaluronic serums, a retinol serum, anti-aging masks. Uh, we have some gifts from our sponsors. Oh, there's just so much good stuff that I have coming your way. And I just want to be able to share it with you and, and bring some holiday joy uh, to your life, especially coming up with the new year. So I'll be taking two weeks off. So that's New Year's and the following week. Uh, but during that time, I'll be boxing up stuff to send to the low lifers. And I'll also be preparing for an amazing season two of the low life podcast. And I can't even believe that we've made it this far, to be honest. <laughs> I had zero expectations for this podcast. I, I was just hoping, you know, I'd get a few little downloads. My parents, a couple friends might listen to it. And, and this community has come out of it. And it's really helped me so much. You know, I, I've, I've had a tough year, you know, and I've definitely had some ups and downs, as many of you have. And the fact that I can share that with you, and you guys have been so open and vulnerable in sharing your stories with me. Again, I appreciate you and I love you so much. So I want to shout out some listeners who have taken the time to leave that review on Apple Podcast. All right, let me shout out some listeners. All right, first one up comes from Sarah K. Lawson. Sarah K. Lawson writes, the podcast I didn't know I needed. Five stars. Low, I just love your energy, spice, and humor. 
Your dynamic with Caitlin and Jason is everything, but you are wildly entertaining on your own too. So glad to have you in my rotation and can't wait for more in 2022. Oh, me as well, Queen. I cannot freaking wait for the new year. 2021 was such a shit show. My God, don't think I could have gotten through it without you guys. That's for damn sure. So thank you. And uh, I can't wait for a new year. It's exciting. Next review comes from uh, Judy. Oh, I love her Instagram name is JewNasty925. <laughs> J-U Nasty. It's not J-E-W. It's like short for Judy. So <laughs> JewNasty925 writes, I'm a low rider, a puta, and the little fish that are underneath the whales. <laughs> oh, those ones that like, like little barnacles. <laughs> Well, at least you make me feel like I'm part of the pod, even if it's in a slightly creepy way. <laughs> Thanks for making my commute a whole lot better and always putting me in a great mood to conquer the day. As always, don't forget to drink your water, putas. Love, Jew Nasty 925 I love that idea of those little fish that suck onto the whales. <laughs> those are I think those are like beneficial for the whales. They help, right? Don't they like eat the algae that grows on whales? I don't know, but I love that entire idea. So thank you for listening. I appreciate you, Judy, and you're definitely part of the pod and it's not in a creepy way at all. <laughs> Next review comes from L Bartek, L-B-A-R-T-E-K. She writes, I love low five stars. Every episode feels like you're hanging with a soft spoken Kind, honest, and hilarious friend with a little kiss face. Oh, <laughs> I have to say, in the 32 years I've been on this planet, I've literally never been referred to as soft-spoken, but I love it. I love being a soft-spoken friend in your life uh, because most of the time people call me like a boomer. Yeah, <laughs> if anything, in my family, they're always like, will you shut up already? I mean, I came out of the Queen's Vagine freaking with something to say, and I've just never stopped speaking my mind. So I um, can't wait to share that specific review with my family because they'll be like, uh, soft-spoken, er, wait, what? Um, but I guess sometimes I can be soft-spoken. I'm going to take that in the best way because I've always wanted to be like a soft-spoken guy. But uh, yeah, I can, I can be a little loud at times. <laughs> Gregarious, is that the word to use? Yeah, sometimes. All right, I have time for one more review, and this one is coming from Lexi Ray All Day. Oh, I love that name. Lexi Ray All Day writes, low rider or die, five stars. You are like the sunshine on a cloudy day and just make me smile. I am a teacher, and I can't even begin to tell you how much joy and happiness you've brought to me on my way to work every week. Love you and the queen. Of course, KB, but you and Jason are just something special with the heart. It's a beautiful thing. Hope you are having an 8.5 today, boo. XOXOXO. All right, Lexi, first of all, love that you're a teacher freaking making an impact on the youth of our world, teaching them some important shit. Thank you for that. I have a big soft spot in my heart for uh, teachers, nurses, and anyone who has served in the military. I'm like, you're my people. I love you. Thank you for doing what you do because it's a very selfless job and it takes a very specific person that can put themselves out there and do that kind of work. And they should be appreciated, loved, and freaking honored in every way possible. So I'm glad I could be part of your journey to work. I hope I continue to make you laugh and put a smile on your face during those car rides because I know being a teacher can be exhausting at times. But on that note, we're going to end the show there. But you should be so proud of yourself for getting to this point. I mean, we are all freaking survivors. 
We're a lot more resilient than I think we give ourselves credit for, especially after this last couple years. It's been insane. What a little shit storm that we've all been through, you know? But I'm thankful to go through it with an incredible community. This low life pod that we have, I'm I'm so grateful for it. And I just, I hope you take some time to treat yourself, to love yourself, take time for yourself and spend time with your loved ones and those who actually recharge you, your family, your chosen family, your close friends, those people that you love. Time is the one thing we can all give but the one thing we all could never get back. So give somebody a hug, text that friend and let them know you're thinking about them. Pour yourself a nice big glass of wine. And most importantly, don't forget to drink your water, puta. Because <laughs> I know you're thirsty. <laughs> we, we love, love you. you. And we're out. <laughs> Bye. Bye, guys. Over there with you. <laughs>